Father God, we come to you this morning, Lord. We just worship you. We thank you, Father, for utterances coming forth by the Spirit, Lord. Speak through me, Father. May my words be your words, Lord. And I thank you for the plan of God for this service. It comes to pass. The plan of God for these people and their families, it all comes to pass. We believe we receive it now. With the hand of faith, we reach, Father, for all that you have for us in this life, all that you have for us in this service. We take it with faith. With the hand of faith, we take it this morning in Jesus' name. And I thank you for the angels that are working, the angels that are working to get this message out, Father, and the power of God that's here this morning. We receive it. We thank you, Father, for it. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? All the time, He is so good and so faithful. Amen. Praise God. Well, I I was talking to Pastor the last few weeks about what's been on my heart. And um, so when I get a chance to minister, I'll be ministering on this until the Lord uh, moves me off of it. But um, when we were back during COVID, um, because you know COVID's over, praise the Lord. Uh, Back during COVID, when it had first started, uh, we had our loft sessions. I don't know if you remember those loft sessions. Auntie called them the loft sessions. And um, I taught a message that the Lord uh, dropped in my heart when I was reading through the New Testament. And it was called Advancing Steadily. And uh, the Lord just kept bringing that back to my heart. Just that phrase, Advancing Steadily. And it came from Hebrews 6.1. So let's go there. And I will read it to you out of the Amplified. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Because we don't want to stay where we're at. We want to keep on moving forward. You know, Pastor Marcus has been ministering on casting your cares. And um, if you haven't heard those messages or you're still dealing with taking on cares and worrying, then go back and listen to those. Because God wants us to become skillful in not being the caretaker. He's the caretaker. And there's many things he wants us to become skillful in. And as a body, as a church, we can't move forward if we're taking on cares. Amen. Uh, we, We won't have the fruit that we should have if we're taking on cares. So he wants us to... Um, get past some things. Become skillful. That doesn't mean the cares and the worries won't come. You know, they could come to you every morning, every noontime, and in the evening. But it's up to us how we respond. If we decide, I'm not taking this care, it's not mine, I'm giving it to the Lord. And when I cast the care over on him, it's not, well, you know, and I'll say this, you know, sometimes when I'm ministering on casting cares, well, I don't care. I, what I'm saying is, I'm not taking the care. But my faith is still attached to the promise that I'm standing on. Because I do have a promise I'm standing on. Right? So if you're going through something, believe, or believing God for something, if you're like, well, I'm just going to do what Pastor said and cast the care, I don't even care. But then you're not standing in faith, right? So you can do both simultaneously. You're casting the care of it over on the Lord, but at the same time, you are holding fast with your faith saying, it will come to pass. This is the scripture I'm standing on. God's word is true, you know, and I'm not letting go. But I'm not going to, it's not going to keep me up at night. 
It's not going to prevent me from eating. You know, it's not going to change my attitude during the day. You know, because I'm carrying the care. It's, I'm not the caretaker. God's the caretaker. He's the one who's taking care of me and my family. He's the caretaker. One thought, one thought is one thought too many. One thought about that situation is one thought too many. It's true. It's true. You open the door to one thought. You've given the enemy a foothold. And the next thing you know, you're worrying about, you know, everything else. And all of a sudden, it's just like a snowball effect. They all just start coming in about all kinds of different things, right? We've talked about that before. Hebrews 6, 1. Therefore, I'm going to read out of the Amplified. Let us go on. Let us go on. Implying we can get stuck in one place or in one stage, right? Let us go on, get past the elementary stage in the teachings and doctrine of Christ, advancing steadily toward the completeness and perfection that belong to spiritual maturity. Amen. God wants us to not always stay a spiritual baby. You know, once you become born again, you are a baby in the Lord. You're still learning things. You're learning how to talk like Jesus. You're learning how to think like Jesus. You're learning how to walk like Jesus, right? And so he doesn't want us to stay, and he, he wants us to learn and take all we're, we're, we are hearing at church and reading in our Bibles and hearing from the Lord, and, but he wants us to keep growing, right? And sometimes um, we don't go on. We don't move forward because we don't want to do the work that it takes. We don't want to do the work that it takes to move on spiritually because it takes work. You know, ask someone who goes to the gym. They're trying to lose weight or they're trying to become stronger. You know, it's not going to happen just because they have a gym membership. Well, you and my, me, um, spiritually maturing isn't just going to happen because I go to church and I have a church membership. Uh, There's going to be things I'm going to have to exercise, right? I'm going to have to exercise what I'm hearing in church and putting it to practice. And your flesh doesn't always want to put things to practice. You know that in the natural arena, how much more in the spiritual arena, right? And so to advance, praise the Lord, Advancing means to move against another. So when you're advancing spiritually, you're moving against usually your own flesh. You have to put the flesh down and say, I am moving forward. I'm going to grow up in Christ, right? It's that advancing. It's like it's, it, it has the implication that you're uh, moving against another like an advancing army. But you're steadily taking ground. We're steadily taking ground. In the spirit, you're steadily taking ground. In your, as a Christian, you're steadily taking ground. You're not staying the same. I love what one person said. I think it was during camp meeting this year. He said, if you're not moving forward, you backslid. So in other words, if we're not taking ground spiritually, if we're not growing up in the things of Christ, if, if people can't see a difference in me from last year, 
you know, then have I moved? Am I in the same place? Have I backslid? Am I, do I even care? Right? Now, the number one thing that God wants us to do, he wants us to produce. He wants us to be producers. He wants us to be producers. Amen. Let's look at John 15, verse 8. Praise the Lord. He wants us to become producers. That's what he created us to do. Amen. John 15, verse 8. This is Jesus talking, red letters. He said, by this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit. That we bear much fruit. Amen. So you will be my disciples. God's not glorified by numbers. God's not glorified by how big your house is. God's not glorified by how small your house is. He's not glorified by how much money you make, how little money you make. Well, it's true. He's not glorified by your job title. He's glorified. It says right here, by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. God is glorified when we produce fruit. You know, I love the valley. I love driving around the valley. You know why? I love to look at all the orchards. I told pastor, one day I'm going to live in the middle of an orchard. Someone said, you're going to live right in the middle. I said, yes, right in the middle of an orchard. I love the orchards. They remind me of the abundance of God. But it should also remind us that God wants us to bear fruit. We ought to be fruitful. Praise the Lord. Amen. Um, you know, we talked about as a church, we can go deeper in the things of the spirit being this size than we can with a larger group. If everyone would jump in. See, that's the key, right? Everyone's got to jump in. Not everybody wants to jump in. Some people just want to come and sit to church on a Sunday and they did their duty and they're done. Or they do it because it's tradition, or they do it because it makes them feel better. Multiple reasons. Not everybody, just so you know, not everybody wants to go spiritually deeper. Not everybody wants that. Praise the Lord. And you can't be moved by what other people do or don't do. Right? Um, So, to advance steadily... And the things of God, number one, we need to be bearing fruit. We need to be bearing fruit. There ought to be fruit in our lives. Amen. And um, so today we're going to talk about fruitfulness and bearing fruit. Because we're talking about advancing, making advancements in the kingdom. You can't make advancements in the kingdom of God if you're not bearing fruit in your personal life. Amen. And guess what? People will see your fruit. Yes, they will. You know, when someone talks to you, either in church or at work, and, you're like, <laughs> and you just walk off. Or you, you talk to your kids and they give you an attitude. Uh-oh. That's bad fruit. <laughs> right? Yeah. And um, God does not want us to be idle or unfruitful. And so, you know, I mean, we're all about faith. 
right? Everybody, I mean, we're all, we go to faith church. Like if someone says, what do you guys, we teach, we believe in faith. We're faith people, right? We're faith people. We believe God works miracles. We know he, we know he has. We've seen him perform miracles. We've seen him come through for us time and again. We've seen him provide, supply, heal, deliver. We're faith people. We know God's word works and we'll work it until it works. We know how to work it. We got all the books back there. We got our Bible. We got the podcast. I mean, we know where to get the resources, right? That God's word works. But faith people, if you don't have love, if you don't have love, then your faith will sit there idle. Because we all have a measure of faith. But I'm going to tell you right now where you're going to get tested and tried every day is in your love walk. And so let's look at Galatians 5, verse 22. Amen. Hallelujah. And we're going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. Praise God. God is so good. He always gives us answers. Amen. And he wants our faith to work. He wants us to um, receive the manifestation of things, right? Just like Pastor's been talking about casting the care. You know, if you're in worry and fear and doubt, you're closing the door to the power of God. Well, River Church, if we're not in the love of God, if we're not walking out the love of God, then we're closing the door for our faith to work, right? Galatians 5, let me get there. Verse 22 says, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, or long-suffering, gentleness or kindness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, or self-control. Against such there is no law. Amen. So this morning we're going to just take the first fruit that God wants that we should be bearing much of. Much. Not just a little. Much fruit. Much love. We're going to talk about the fruit of love. Amen. Romans 5.5 5 says, The love of God is shed abroad in your heart. The, you have, when you became born again, God's love was dropped down into you. The fruits of the Spirit, this love, joy, peace, patience, the, this is the divine nature of God himself. His divine nature, who he is, is inside of you. But there's a constant tug of war between the flesh and the spirit. Because when someone does you wrong, or you want to give them a piece of your mind, your flesh is like, I just want to say, I just want to do, I just want to, hmm, hmm, if I could have just, hmm, you know, your flesh and your spirit saying, you know, it's like the devil on the shoulder and the angel that you see on those cartoons. You know, really, that's really how it is. But it's like your flesh, you know, and God, your spirit on the inside going, don't, don't say it. Don't do it. Don't think it. Stay in love. Why? Because I got, I got something I believe in God for. And can I afford to get out of love right now? I can't. I got too, it's too expensive. I've got too many things I'm believing God for. Amen? 
Praise the Lord. So let's look at 1 Corinthians 14, 1. Praise the Lord. The fruit of the Spirit is, it's a true, it's your true identity as a child of God. The love of God in you, the joy, the peace, that is your true identity in Him. They are who you are because it's who He is and He is in you. So when you don't think you have the love, you don't think you have the joy, you don't think you have the peace, you do. It's on the inside of you. You have it, but you've got to pull it out. You've got to draw it out. You've got to draw it out. It's not going to just, it's, it's in there, just like your faith. You've got to activate it. You've got to activate it. It's like the, the big, you know, the loaf of bread. My grandma used to make homemade bread. And I'd help her with the dough, right? But, you know, once she put the yeast in it, she activated all those ingredients and they started to rise. See, your faith is activated by love. Because if you're trying to work your faith, it's like that dough. You don't put the yeast in it, you put it in the oven, it's going to come out flat. Flat and thick. It's not going to be very good. Well, there's nothing better than a fresh loaf of bread, right, homemade bread right out of the oven with lots and lots of butter. Right? It's good. Well, that's how your love is. That's how your faith, faith and love go hand in hand. Amen. Praise the Lord. 1 Corinthians 14, 1 says, pursue love. The Amplified says, eagerly pursue. Seek to acquire this love. Make it your aim. Make it your great quest. Make it your great quest. Do you know that they say a quest is a 20-year journey? And Paul says, make it your great quest. Make it your aim. Eagerly pursue it. The message says, go after a life of love as if your life depended on it. Because it does. Because it does. Amen. Our life depends on our love walk. Our faith depends on our love walk. Amen. So we're going to we're going to take 1 Corinthians 13. You can turn there. This is the love chapter in case you didn't know. If you're ever feeling a little squirrely or cranky and you just want to you know, your flesh is screaming, you can turn to 1 Corinthians 13 and read it out loud. I'm going to start in verse 4. Though if you read the beginning, it talks about if you don't have love, if we don't have love, you can have faith to move mountains, it says. Matter of fact, let's read that. Uh, 13 verse 1, 1 Corinthians 13, 1. You can even speak in tongues. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity or love, I am become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, I give my body to be burned and have not love, it profits me nothing. Without love, we're nothing. If we're not showing, and I'm not saying, well, you know, they don't know. You know, I, I have love. Listen, we're talking about bearing fruit. You can see the love of God. You can see fruit. You can see it. 
You, we ought to be able to see the fruit in our lives. My husband should see that I've gotten, I'm getting better and better, hallelujah, than I was five years ago, right? Better in my love walk. We ought to be growing and increasing. Every, we should not be the same. We should not be still having the same arguments. We shouldn't still be talking about the same things we talked about 10 years ago. You know, you did this to me, and then you did that to me. You know, that was 10 years ago. That's not love. Bringing up the same thing over and over is not bearing much fruit. Now, we're going to look at verses 4 through 8. Amen? Are you ready to see what is love? What does this fruit look like in your life? I know you're so excited. You're so excited. Why? Because you know now your faith. See, some of you have been believing God for a miracle. You've been believing God for healing. Pastor, I, I came to get a miracle. Listen, you get in the love of God, your faith will work. Did you know that even when you're walking in love, it's easier to cast cares on the Lord? Because you're not thinking wrong. When you're staying in the love of God. Amen. Well, it's true. All right. Are you ready? Verse 4. Love suffers long or love is patient. Are you ready to talk about patience? I know you are. First of all, love is grace. It's patient for imperfect people. For imperfect people. Nobody is perfect. I tell my, I've told my kids before, I've told my girls, you know, some of them, they have this, you know, I got to get straight A's, got to do this, you know, everything's got to be perfect, you know, and if, if I don't get the A, I'm going to, you know, there's a little tear, right? I studied, I didn't get the A, I got an A minus, right? Or whatever, back in the day. Listen, we're not robots. You're not a robot. We don't expect you to be perfect. Now, we do expect you to bear fruit. Come on. But there are imperfect people. Right? Okay, I'm just saying. Now, we ought to be perfecting our love walk. We ought to be maturing in the things of God. You know, you can't walk around, well, you know, it's just me. I'm just, a, God just create, you know, people always say this too. You know, I'm still under construction. You know, I've said it before. I'm an imperfect person. I'm still under construction. Okay, how long are you going to be under construction? How long? Right? At the same time, though, it's not our place to judge someone else, right? Where they say there's one finger pointed at you, uh, someone else, and there's like four pointing back at you. We ought not to be pointing the finger at anybody. Amen. Love is gracious. Love is, we're talking about patience now. Patience. We have to have patience for people. Patience for people where they're at. Faith will believe they're going to get where they need to be. They'll get there. Why? Because you're casting the care. Stop taking on the care about them. Stay in faith and love. Surround them. Brother Hagin used to say this. Surround them with faith, hope, and love. They'll get where they need to be. Amen. Don't take the care on. Be patient. Faith or love, patient, being patient, it means to be graceful under pressure. Come on, when you're standing in line. You've been in that line a long time. Amen. You're graceful. You're not like... Tapping your foot, <sighs> sighing, you know, oh my gosh, rolling your eyes. Is it getting hot in here? You know, letting everybody know that you're upset. <laughs> love understands and therefore love waits. It's a big one for me. 
<laughs> different personalities, you know. You know, people who are laid back, they're like, oh, yeah, no problem. You know, but if you're like, I got to get this done, and that, you know, this could be a little bit harder. Yeah. All right, everybody's different, right? Love understands, therefore love waits. Love is not pushy. It's not overbearing. Love waits, amen. You know what's pushy and overbearing? Fear. Fear is pushy. Fear, I want you to do it. I want you to do it my way. I want you to do it this way. I want you to do it right now. That's fear. That's fear. Let the fear go. That's being worried, concerned. Things aren't going to go how you want. Just cast the care on the Lord. Be patient. Amen. Love is not hasty because patience isn't being hasty. Amen. Amen. How about kind? Love is kind. The best thing you can do is to be kind to God's children. Amen. Amen. Love works by being kind, even under long continued suffering brought upon by someone else. No, it's easy to be kind to people who are kind to you. That's easy. The Bible says even the world can be kind. Even the unbeliever can be kind to people who are kind to them. But can you be kind to the person that you don't even know? You know, the other morning I was casting my care. Just, Lord, I cast that on you. I got up early. I don't know if it was Thanksgiving Day, maybe the day before. And all of a sudden my phone rings. In the morning, it's like 7.30. I'm like, I almost didn't answer it. I shouldn't have answered it. I shouldn't have answered it. And I was just, right before I was meditating on you know, what does love do, you know, and we cast our cares, and I was thinking about Brother, Brother Copeland, how he says before he, first thing in the morning, he forgives people, he says, Lord, I just forgive everybody, you know, and I, here I had, I'd mentioned that a few weeks ago, and I'm just like, yeah, you know, and I was just, me and the Lord, and I, I'm in the bathroom getting ready, the phone rings, and I pick it up, and this person says, I'm returning a, a missed call. And I hadn't called anybody. It was early. It was like, I don't even think it was 7.30 yet. And I, was, I wasn't working. I was off. And so I said, uh, oh, I, I don't know. And she said, somebody named Christine called me from this number. And I said, uh, I don't think so. I'm, I'm sorry. I think you have the wrong number. And she said, no, I'm sorry. I think you have the wrong number. You called me. Click. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I was being tested real early. I told my husband, I can't believe it. I was like, I don't even know. She goes, no, I think you called the wrong number. And I'm like, I said, look. He goes, did you look at your phone? I did. I never made one phone call. Never made one. But see how the enemy comes? We don't fight against flesh and blood. He's trying to rile me up first thing in the morning. I said, thank thank God I heard Ken Copeland. He said, I forgive everybody. Before they, before I even, you know, leave the house. Because you never know. I said, there you go, right there. Didn't even know the person had to forgive them. Had to forgive them. Come on, that's love. Have to be kind. Have to be very kind to those people. Amen? Come on, what about your spouse? Your spouse is a brother or sister in the Lord. They are that first, you know. Pastor Marcus is my brother in the Lord. Amen? Are we being kind to them? Amen. Are we kinder to the people out there? Praise the Lord. Are you kinder to the people out there than you are to your own church family? That's wrong. The Bible talks about brotherly kindness, especially towards those of the household of faith. Something's wrong if you're kinder to people out there than you are to the people in your own church and in your own family. That's 
fruitful, fruitlessness. I told Pastor Marcus, I don't want to be fruity, and I don't want to be fruitless. And he said, I don't want to be nutty. I said, I don't want to be nutty either. I want to be fruitful. Fruitful. We're talking about fruit. We're faith people. Our faith won't work if we're not kind. It's not right if the world's kinder than Christians. That's true. Come on. How kind are you with your words, with your looks? Oh, you don't have to say a word, but you can give someone a look. You can give. Come on. You all know. Come on, women. You know that look. You can give them a look. Now, I'm not talking about the one you give your kids like, hmm, you better straighten up. I'm talking about like, you know, you can give a look or your attitude, your body language. How kind are you? Kind people are understanding, encouraging. They express God's love. Amen. You know, you can see kindness in someone's eyes. You can see the love of God in someone's eyes. You can see it. You can see it. Why? It's a mighty force. These fruits of the Spirit, it's a mighty force. They're powerful. Why? It's the very nature of God. Amen. I'm telling you, kind people, they give others a way out. They give others the benefit of the doubt. They give others the benefit of, oh, they always doing that, and they always doing that. You know what? Maybe they were busy, or maybe this happened, or maybe they forgot. I'm going to give them, maybe they are having a hard day. You know, maybe that clerk that, you know, never even said hello and, you know, they're like talking to the other person. You're going through the line, you know. Customer service. It's not what it used to be. <laughs> right? But, hey, we can show the love of God. We can be kind. Amen? goes on to say in, in 1 Corinthians 13, love is not envious. Amen? It prefers others. It's not competitive. But it's generous. Amen? It doesn't desire a position, honor. You know, I want the power. I want the benefits. I want the favor or blessings that others have. You know, love is excited for others. You got a new car, woohoo! You got a new house, woohoo! You know, you got a promotion, woohoo! You're blessed, hallelujah! And then says, next, thank you, Father God. What, you think God doesn't have enough blessings to bless you and everybody else? He's got more than enough. And the enemy wants to make us envious of others. That's not love. That's how the world operates. Yeah. You know, they, you get a promotion and they, they get on. Can't believe they got it. I've been here longer. And they don't even do all that I do. Okay. We ought not to be acting like that. Because yeah. that's not being fruitful. That's right. Amen. Praise God. There will always be others who are better. <gasps> I said it. There will always be someone who can do something better than you. There will always be someone who can do it better than me. It's true. And the, de- the, the, the world, they're always tempted to put other people down. There's a, there's a temptation to become envious. But love will help others to be their best. Love prefers others. Amen. Love is happy for another person's success. What can I do to help you succeed? What can I do? You got a promotion? That's awesome. And you know what love will even do? Wow, I've been watching you. Man, you always come to work early. Like, How would you get that promotion? Like love isn't afraid to ask 
for advice. Yeah. How'd you get that? What? How'd you? You got a new car? Praise God! How'd that happen? <clears throat> Loves. That's pride. Pride is. I'm not going to ask them. I already know. Come on. That's true. What about in your marriage? What can I do? What can I do to help our marriage grow stronger? Not, well, if he did this and he did that and he did this, it'd be a lot better. No, what can I do? Love isn't looking at the other person. Love is what can I do differently? What do I need to change, Lord? Where do I need to grow? Amen. Come on. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's happy for others and will lay down. Love will lay down its own fleshly desires to succeed, to help another. Love prefers others. Hallelujah. Here's one of our favorites. Love is not puffed up. What does that mean? It's not full of pride. It's humble. Love doesn't act superior. Well, I know more than them. I've been saved longer than them. I've been doing this job longer than them. I know how things ought to be done. You know, I'm not even saying you're saying the words. You're just thinking it. You're just thinking it. You know, my advice, my opinions are better than theirs. You know, if you really want to talk about advice and opinions, really love doesn't really give advice or opinions unless asked. Praise the Lord. We all work on that one. Love doesn't think, well, I, I live better. I'm used of God more. I know more than they do. Love is so busy helping others, they forget themselves. When's the last time you forgot to think about yourself? Because you are so busy trying to help somebody else. I'm not just talking about work. I'm talking about a church. When's the last time you were so busy helping? I'm not talking at work. You get paid for that. And if you wanted, you could leave, right? Your job if you wanted to, right? But you get paid for that. You get paid to stay there. When's the last time you did something to help somebody for free? Just because of the love of God on the inside of you. Because I can do a lot at work. I get paid for that. I'm talking to myself. I'm talking to myself. It's easy. I get paid. Praise the Lord. It's true. Talking to myself. So busy helping others. We forget. You know, I I remember hearing someone talk. I don't know if it's Brother Hagin or Pastor Nancy. Someone talk about, you know, you're trying to get healed. You're believing God for healing. When's the last time you prayed for somebody to be healed? You know, thinking about other people. You know, or people, they get so down and depressed. I remember one girl said, I just went out and I just started, I just made somebody some cookies. I just thought you have to get your mind off yourself. Me, 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 I, I, I. That's pride. Even if it's self-pity. I just, you know, my family, they don't love God. Growing up was hard. Listen, you're born again. You're going to heaven. You have answers. Why are you, why are you pity? Why, what did David say? Why are you cast down on my soul? Lift up your countenance. Stop looking. I don't have this and I don't have that. Stop looking at what you don't have. What do you have? Come on. You've got the very nature of God on the inside of you. You've got a power on the inside of you that when temptation comes to say the wrong thing, give the wrong look, 
uh, think wrong about somebody, get out of love. You've got the power of God on the inside of you. That love is dropped down inside of you. You can yield to it. I said you can yield to it and say, I'm choosing love today. You know, I've done that before. I tell you, I saw somebody I wanted to turn the other way. That's what your flesh wants to do. And I said, wait a minute, devil. I already forgave them. Why am I trying to turn the other way? Let me tell you, half the time, these people didn't even really don't even know what they did to you. This was years ago, years ago. I went up to this person. I said, oh, so good to see you. I was pushing past my flesh. My flesh said, go the other way. My flesh said, go hide over there so they don't see you. Right? Run down that aisle. You know, you know, your flesh will talk to you. Like you said to Brother Hagen, walk on the other side of the street. They're coming there. But your, you know, your spirit man will say, I'm going to violate this, this way of operating. Why? It's not fruitful. And my faith isn't working. I'm believing God for my kids. I'm believing God for my finances. We're believing God for our marriage, for our bodies. Come on, church. We're believing God for our own building. And we want to move into it, but we can't move in. See, God won't let us get to the next place if we, first of all, we got to stop worrying about things. Got to stop worrying. Can't take the care. Got to stay in faith. But then guess what? We got to stay in love. So that faith will work for that building. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So love is not puffed up. It's humble. Doesn't act superior. Come on. Pride acts superior. Love is glad to let another have the honor which he could have had. Love doesn't talk about itself. I, 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 I. And I did this, you know. If only they knew how good I was. If only they knew how anointed I am. You know, if only they knew how great I am and what a blessing I am to the body of Christ. <laughs> you know, we laugh, but some people really think like that. They really think like that, but that's the enemy. He's trying to, get, you know, it's not about, it's not about you. It's about you bearing fruit, being fruitful. Amen. And Jesus did not seek his own honor. He didn't seek his own honor. God honored him. He allowed God to honor him and lift him up. Amen. You know, when you do something that's kind and you're humble, you don't tell everybody. Because humility is quiet. It doesn't bring attention to itself. Yeah, I'm not saying we're all perfect. Come on, we've all probably made mistakes. That's okay. We're growing, right? Though, But we're learning what is real love. It's being humble, not drawing attention to yourself. Amen? It takes its place. Okay, you know, you do that, whatever the Lord has you do, and you then get right back behind the scenes. Amen? You don't tell others of your kind deeds. It, you know, the Bible says if you tell others, that's your reward. You tell somebody, they say, wow, that's a great job. That was your reward. I'm like, I'd rather have God's reward than someone tell me, oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's really cool. You know? I'm like, you just got, the Bible says, if you're going to tell people, there, there's your reward. You got it. Then you go home like, man, I had my reward. I didn't even get what God, God, I know he thought you had a reward for me. Well, you don't need to tell everybody. Amen. It's not puffed up. It's humble. Amen. Love does not behave rudely. Love does the mannerly thing. Guess what, church? Love has manners. Amen. 
Parents, teach your children manners. Let's go over some. Are you ready? When spoken to, they answer back. When spoken to by you, they say, yes, mom, yes, dad, yes, ma'am, yes, sir. Whatever you want to use, those are manners. Praise the Lord. Teach them to respect their elders. Teach them to give up their chair when an adult doesn't have one. Why? Why would they do that? Because they respect their elders. It's one thing I taught my kids when they were little. All the adults come in, they're sitting in seats, I'm like... They knew, get up. An adult sits there. You're a child, you sit on the floor. Why? You're showing respect for your elders. Well, you can see your faces right now. The Bible says to honor your father and mother, and it'll be well with you, and you'll live a long life. If you want things to go well with you, you want things to to go well with your kids, teach them to honor you. It's not something you tell them, it's something you show them in addition to teaching them. Teaching isn't just telling kids what to do. Teaching them is showing them by your own manners. By your own manners. Please and thank you. Amen? Teach them to say please and thank you. Teach them to um, honor their grandparents by allowing them to go first in a, in a line. When our kids were little, I'm like, Mm-mm. grandma and grandpa go first. Thanksgiving, grandma and grandpa go first. They are, they are our elders. We respect them. These are manners. Love does not behave rudely. It's courteous. Amen. We have to talk about these things. People don't do these things anymore. Amen. Teach them to bring in the groceries for mom. I got a picture of Ethan. He's about this big, and he's holding a a jug of milk. Because he knew that daddy, him and daddy, always helped bring in the groceries. Yeah. Teach them to say excuse me and please and thank you. Amen. And love is not, love is is not entitled. Well, you owe me. You owe me that. You know, spouses have to be careful. You know, you're, you're, maybe one of your spouses does something to you now. You're, you're holding it over their head. Oh, you owe me now. You did that, now you owe me. Or, you know, you're the husband. Well, I'm the, I'm the, uh, what is it? I'm the, I'm in charge. You've got to submit to me. You know, you're holding it over their head. That's not love. Love doesn't hold things over people's heads. Well, you did that to me 20 years ago, and I just can't let it go. You know, you hear this, I'll forgive you, but I'll never forget. Right? You hear people say that. You hear them say that, I'll forgive you, I forgive you, but I'll never forget. Well, then you don't really forgive. Because when you really forgive someone, you let it go, and you do forget it. And you forget it by faith. There's some things you're going to have to forget by faith. And forgive by faith. I've done it before. I've had to go to the Lord. The enemy kept bringing it back, kept bringing me back to that picture of what they did, what they did, what they did. No, I would say out loud, no, I already forgave them. First I said, Lord, help me forgive them by faith. I'm coming to you because I don't want this in my heart. You have to refuse to be bitter. I have a friend, she she said this to me years ago. Melina, I refuse to be a bitter woman. I refuse to be bitter. You don't want to have bitterness in your heart. You know why? It's fruit. And then people look at you and like, why do you have an attitude all the time? How come you're never happy? How come when people talk to you, you walk away? Or you grumble or you mumble. You know? That's fruit. And you know what it's a reflection of? What's in your heart. 
hey, I've had to work on all these things. I'm preaching. Something. Praise the Lord. So we want to have manners. Amen. Don't hold things over people's heads. Don't have an attitude. They owe you something. Amen. Praise the Lord. Love does not seek its own. It's unselfish. Praise the Lord. It's generous. Given to hospitality. What can I do to serve you? I love what Brother Keith Moore says. Saved to serve. Saved to serve. I'm saved to serve. Say, I'm saved Saved. to serve. serve. It's talking about the body of Christ. Not your job. You're not saved to serve your job. I don't care what job you have. You're saved to serve the body of Christ. You're saved for the family that you've been placed in to serve in the body of Christ. Saved to serve. Saved to serve others too. But I love what my pastor says. If you're serving somewhere else, you're not serving your local church, something's out of order. Right? Praise the Lord. Saved to serve. It's unselfish, not seeking its own. Amen. Matthew 23 says, He who is greatest among you shall be your servant. Amen. What can I do to serve my husband today? What can I do to serve God today? Amen. What can I do to serve my church today? What can I do, you know, for you team leaders, what can I do to serve my team today? Amen. Come on. Who can I pray for in my church? Who can I pray for? I'll give you someone to pray for. You can pray for Miss Loretta. Miss Loretta, she got, you know, guys know Miss Loretta. She got hit by a car in her wheelchair. I said, Loretta, how did that happen? What are you doing, Miss Loretta? She goes, I don't know. <laughs> but she's okay. She's all right, but we could pray for her. She's in the hospital, amen? Pray for people. You don't see them in a while. What can you do? Give them a call. How are you doing? Check up on them while you're serving. You're serving the Lord. It's not about us. Get your, if you would get your mind off your own problems and start serving other people, I tell you, those problems would just disappear. It's true they would. Why? Because the power of God would come in because you're, you're occupied with, I want to do what God's called me to do. See, these other things, they come to distract. Cares come to distract. Worry comes to distract. Your own problems, they're coming to distract you. Take authority over them and move on. It's true. I love Nehemiah. This is one of the um, stories the Lord gave Pastor Mark and I when we started this church. 2.10 says, He came to seek the welfare of the children of Israel. Nehemiah, he moved to a city to help rebuild the wall. Amen. God called him. He said yes. And guess what? He had opposition too. Because when the two guys found out that he came to help, they were very upset. They weren't thrilled that he came to help them. But see, love is serving other people. What can I do for God? What has God called me to do in my church? Come on. He called. What about God himself? He called his only son to come to the earth to help us. Always seeking to help. Amen. Praise God. Love is not provoked. We're just about closing up. In other words, I don't get offended. Offense is not a part of my life. Psalm 119, 165 says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Here's a, my love, the Amplified. Love is not touchy. It's not touchy. Amen. That's another word for offended. It doesn't even notice when someone does you wrong. Amen. 
Love says they don't owe me nothing. No, you don't owe me an apology. We're good. I'm not offended. Amen. Doesn't talk about it with others. Can you believe what they did to me? Can you believe what that teacher said to me? Can you believe what, what pastor said to me? Love doesn't talk about it because you know what? Love doesn't even notice. If I talk about what someone did to me, guess what? I took notice. I took notice. Now I'm out of love. Now my faith isn't working. Now my faith isn't working. Amen. I want my faith to work. Amen. Picking up offense is like picking up a care. They're both like kryptonite. Offense and cares. They're like kryptonite. You don't want to pick them up. They'll suck the life right out of you. They'll suck the life out of your health, out of your prosperity, out of your peace. Amen. But you got to say this. I'm not going to touch it with a 10-foot pole. I'm not going there in my thought life. I'm not going to get offended. I'm not going to get upset. I don't even notice. I choose love. You know, God loves this topic of love. He wants us to become fruitful. Amen. He wants us to become fruitful. Love thinks no evil. Well, I didn't say it. Yeah, but you thought it. But you thought it. And the Bible says love thinks no evil. 1 Peter 4.8 says, Above all things, have intense, unfailing love for one another. Intense love. Amen. Love covers. It doesn't expose others' faults. Come on. Now, you're not supposed to cover your own sins. You know, well, you know, love covers, so uh, I'm not going to tell everybody what I did wrong. I'm not, God, it's okay. God, you know, no. When you make a mistake, the Bible says if you don't confess your sins, then, you know, you're going to be in trouble. You confess your own sin, but you're not pointing at someone else's. The Bible says love covers a multitude of sin. One version says love has covered all evil with silence. If we tell of the evil someone has done, criticize, judge, condemn, or murmur, we prove we aren't in love. Love will not speak of it. Love refuses to even, it goes deeper, it won't even think on it. So if the enemy tries, look what they did to you. Nope, I'm not letting my mind go there. Nope, they probably didn't even mean to do it. Nope, I forgive them, I love them, I bless them. You have to say these things with your mouth. So that you can stay in the love of God. If you don't answer back, your mind is going to, you're going to have a big battlefield in your mind about all that they did to you, what you should have said. I can't believe they said that. And now your mind is just going into a a, a wrong place. And then you're going to have to give yourself something to get over. I never want to give myself something to get over. So I'm not even going to go there in the first place. Because if I go there, now I give myself something to get over. So don't let your mind go there. You tell me, no, I'm not going there. I, I literally, Miss Marietta, I've said it out loud. I'm not going there. I'm not letting my, my thoughts take me there. I already forgave them. I love them. I let it go. I bless them, Lord. And then I pray for them. Amen. Love will only think good about others. Come on. It's encouraging. It thinks the best. Amen. Praise the Lord. Church, we want to be fruitful. You will give yourself to many things. Give yourself first to love. That's a quote. You will give yourself to many things, but give yourself first to love. Amen. Mark Hankins said, you can't grow in God without growing in love. That's what we're talking about, growing in God, becoming fruitful. What are we supposed to be producing? Fruit. 
What kind of fruit comes off of your life when you're walking around? Now, that doesn't mean you're not going to face tests and trials. But guess what? Love can bear up under anything. Love doesn't grow weak. Love is strong. See, it's a powerful force. You choose to stay in love. Your faith, it works. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. You have to not take things personally if you want to be promoted. If you take things personally, that will give you something to get over. Pastor Nancy. This one of my favorites. Anytime you're feeling mistreated, you know the devil's working on you. Brother Hagen. Praise the Lord. Pastor Nancy. If you're going to obey God, you're going to have to go against your flesh. And if you don't go against your flesh, you will always have less than what God has for you. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want all that God has for me. I want all that God has for you, for you. Amen. We're choosing to be fruitful. We are producers of fruit. So when you're driving out today, wherever you go throughout your week, and you're seeing those orchards, that's what your love ought to look like. Your life ought to be fruitful where you see fruit. You got so much fruit, it's falling on the ground. You've got so much love, it's falling on the ground. And you know when you've got love, your faith will work. Your faith works when you walk in love. Amen. Let's pray this morning. Father God, we just come to you this morning, Lord. If there's anything in our hearts, any area we've gotten out of love, we just ask you, Father, to forgive us. I thank you that you cleanse us from all unrighteousness, Lord. And we just, we're so grateful for the love of God that you've put on the inside of us, Father. Now, you know, you can't walk in the love of God if you're not communing with Him. Because the love, the love of God, it comes through you reading your word, renewing your mind on the love, but it also comes from spending time with Jesus, communing with Him, fellowshipping with Him. Amen. So make sure you're doing that on a daily basis. Why? So we can be fruitful, so we can make advancements. Our, our fruitful or fruitless lives affect other people. It affects other people. You know, it, when we're fruitful, it's a blessing to others. Amen. They see our fruit and they're like, I, you're so kind. I want, I want to be like that. Well, why are you so different? We ought to be different than the world. Amen. Praise God. Are you ready to go out there and love? Now, remember, the enemy comes to steal the word. You're going to walk in love. You're going to be sweet and kind. You're going to give people kind looks. You're going to get along with your husband. You're going to say, what can I do for you today, baby? You, you want to make you a cup of coffee? You want extra cream and sugar? You know, it's others-minded, not selfish. What, what do I need to do for myself? You know, I need my me time. You know, there's this new thing out there. What do they call that? Uh, self-care. Self-care. I need self-care. Okay, what? care about other people first. See, that's not godly, really. I mean, yes, you take care of yourself, but if yourself comes before other people, that, something's wrong, right? It's not, I need my me time. I'm just too busy to serve, you know. Well, then you're too busy. Amen. River Church, we love you. Amen. We're back on Wednesday nights. Make sure you come on Wednesday at 7.